Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. All right, hello, good morning, and welcome to the Monday morning edition of the Morning Tailgate here on Raider Nation Radio. It's Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and you here on this beautiful and perfect day. Heidi Fang still out. She'll join us later into the week as we broadcast live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, 69187. You can text us during the show anytime, day or night, 69187. That's the Salmon Ash text line. And hit us up on Twitter at RNR 920 AM here on the Morning Tailgate. 702-365-9200 is the Realty One Group listener line. We'll take calls around 730 as we got a lot to get into today as we focus in on the 53-man roster on Vinny's story over the weekend on VegasNation.com. We'll take a look at the names and the names that are ones that we might need to stick a look at once training camp begins in just a few weeks. Good morning, Vinny. How are you? I'm doing good. How's everybody doing on this beautiful Monday? Yeah, they did my 53-man roster. Um, filed that on Friday. It was tough, Clay. Yeah, I know. That's Some a- good players are mm-hmm. going to be um, looking for a job or you know, ending up on the practice squad. But uh, I think Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have done a really good job. And I give Mike Mayock uh, and John Gruden a lot of credit, too. Uh, they were a part of this, obviously, this roster. Um, we, we've talked a lot about some of the misses in the drafts, but they, they hit a lot of players, too, Clay. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. created a very competitive roster, especially with uh, what uh, Dave and, and Josh have done in the time that they've been here to build a 90-man roster right now as we sit here today. And then having to pare that down to 53 at some point before the season is going to be difficult. How many times can we think of uh, in the past four years where there was a Raiders roster going into training camp where you feel like, well, you're going to have to cut some really difficult names here. Most of the time, the last few years, it's like you just want to round up as much talent as possible, and then maybe you kind of edge it out with some undrafted free agents and uh, you know let the chips fall where they may. This time around, after a 10-win season, there's not many spots that are totally available for anybody, and uh, the depth pieces are now something that it's going to be judged very, very carefully. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it's gotten better over the years, uh, certainly since I uh, took over the Raiders beat for the Review Journal in uh, late 2019. Um you know, over that period of time, the roster's gotten better and better and better. It would have been nice uh, had to hit on a few more of those first round picks. We'll still see about Alex Leatherwood, um, you know, what his future holds. Uh, it would look a lot different now had they, but they didn't. And so uh, that's the uh, what, what they're dealing with. Uh, but as you said, the spots, um, especially those starting roles, when we're, and we're going to go over the 53-man roster, I'm not quite sure how many starting jobs are really open you know mm-hmm. right tackle i think is open uh right guard we'll see with denzel good uh where he is health wise what the plan is for alex leatherwood um but those are two spots on the offense everything else is taken care of and then defensively you know uh, maybe one of the inside linebacker positions is it going to be kenny young is it going to be jayon brown is it going to be micah uh, kaiser uh at one of those inside linebacker spots but otherwise and especially if Trayvon Mullen comes back healthy, I think everything's fairly solidified as far as your starters 
And that's a pretty good sign right now. And, and also, the other caveat is that when you have a new system coming in with Josh McDaniels on offense, and as well as what he wants out of the defense and Patrick Graham, perhaps some of the guys that you thought were going to be bona fide, you know, no doubt starters, well, they're going to get challenged for competing time, too. So uh, we'll get into all that throughout the show here. Eight o'clock, we'll be joined by Willie Ramirez from the AP Associated Press. 845, Raider at Director Tiffany McNiff will join us. There's a lady Raiderettes uh, for the summer program tryouts for that we'll talk to tiffany then and at nine o'clock albert hall checks in for the annual nba summer league that takes place in las vegas Love in just a few league. weeks time yeah it's gonna be fun they'll have that big friday matchup tipping it off inside the thomas and mac number one against number two that'll be very very exciting but over uh, on friday uh chandler jones uh joined joy taylor and colin coward of the herd and it was good to hear from uh, from Chandler because um, you know they were able to go and have an expansive interview, and there's always a lot to talk about because Chandler is somebody that is a great communicator um, and somebody that really commands a room when he comes into it. And you know, I, I think it was it was great part of time where you can go and talk to Chandler because maybe he will be able to give you kind of a, a barometer of what's it like, you know, in the, the you know in the thick of it now as you know this McDaniels crew is coming in they've added some talent but also Chandler is coming into a team that is also doing something that he wants and he's chasing a title much like the Raiders are and he talked about many different things from you know what the offense could be like with McDaniels but there was some comments that uh we we felt very very interesting of and you know one of them was when he was asked by by Joy Taylor about you know the offense now with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr and how their relationship has grown to a point where this could be a very effective duo come time for the season. Yeah, from what I, from my perspective, those guys, they seem really close. And, you know, they're always with each other. They're always golfing after practice or after OTAs. Um, and you see pictures of them. Uh, when he signed here, they had posted a selfie on FaceTime and they had posted on Instagram. But uh, they're very close. And one thing about Devontae that I've learned is that he's a very hard worker. Uh, you know, if he if he doesn't do something right, he'll try to go do it again. He won't say, "Hey, I, I got this." He'll go out there and, and do a rep and and, and repeat the drill. Um, and that that goes to show you that he loves football. He loves the game. Uh, he's a hard worker. I think uh, him himself is a dangerous person to have uh, for our team as uh, for for different defensive coordinators. Um, I would hate to be a defensive coordinator at night going to sleep knowing I have to face Devontae Adams that Sunday. So um, I'm glad he's on my side. <laughs> right, that's, that's a big truth right there. Especially with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs and Foster Moreau and a great quarterback and Derek Carr. Yeah, those defensive coordinators and defenses. Period are going to have some sleepless nights on Saturday nights before playing the Raiders. And uh, you know, um, it's it's a, been a slow build to get the Raiders' offense to this point where they're legitimately putting a lot of fear and anxiety into opposing defensive coordinators. But we are at that moment right now. I'd have to think anytime any DC goes up against somebody like Josh McDaniels as a play caller, there's going to be sleepless weeks. There's going to be leading up to it like, what do they have planned for us? What have we shown that they're going to try to expose? There's all sorts of stuff that goes into uh, going into one of the greats, you know, the all time uh, play callers. Josh, during this era, he's one of them. And, you know, for having the weapons like they do. They also have guys at our weapons that are their hardest workers on the team. Darren Waller, Derek Carr. Now, you know, hearing a guy like Chandler Jones, who you know his work ethic is way up there, and he's watching what Devontae Adams is doing and beginning to marvel at it that even with somebody who's had great success and is now making the money, he is now uh, working even harder now to go even further. 
What's the game we used to play when we were kids, Clay? Follow uh, the leader. Oh, follow the leader, yes. What do you think people are going to do when the leader is the hardest worker on the team? I've seen it so many times when I worked for the Lakers and covered the Lakers, when it, whether it was Magic Johnson and uh, that crew or nobody worked harder than Kobe Bryant. What, what the heck do you think is going to happen when your number one guy is working harder than everyone else? Everybody else from 13 to 53 to 90 now in training camp is going to follow the leader. And if you don't, you're not going to be here very long uh, if, if you can't follow that lead uh, and that example. And that's exactly what the Raiders have, not just, you know, in one guy or another guy, but across the roster at some key positions, whether it's your quarterback, your wide receiver, your tight end, your defensive end, and uh, Max Crosby, your leader over there. Now Chandler Jones, without question. Um, don't think for a second that everybody on the roster is not seeing that and saying, well, I got to step it up myself. They do. They know that, and I think there's that expectation, especially if you're trying to go further than 10 wins, further into the playoffs, and you bring in certain guys like Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams, that almost ensures what the coaches and, and general manager and the staff want. Like These guys can help regulate the kind of behavior on the field that we're looking for to get further ahead. Yeah, no question about it. I saw it uh, a few years ago when I was covering the Rams, and they brought in guys like Andrew Whitworth and Robert Woods and, and changed the entire culture of that team. And one of the things about that team uh, was that there were some young leaders, like Aaron Donald was on the brink of being a leader, but didn't quite know how to express it or how to do it. He needed a living proving proof example uh, and, and, and got that in, in some of the players that they brought in. Well, um, to me, when you look at, like, Max Crosby's a self-starter. That's He's already... Uh, in his third year, now going into his fourth year, emerges as leader. Obviously, Derek Carr, your quarterback, is going to play that role. Um, but you have a bunch of incumbents that have already shown leadership type qualities, and then you bring in some people from the outside. And that was what was what was cool for me to hear Chandler Jones talk about. Um, you know, Devontae Adams, you know, you, you, you hear stories about guys, you have friends around the league and Hey, what's this guy all about? You know, what's, what, what, what can I expect him, you know, as a, as a teammate, but you have to see it sometimes with your own two eyes, um, to see, all right, what's this guy all about? Like, I, I see all the stats and everything like that. You know, uh, what's he like in the <laughs> locker room? What's he like, uh, in the cafeteria? What's he like in the weight room? What's he like on the field? What about the classroom? All of those types of things. And everyone's kind of sitting back and watching this new guy and, and Chandler too, you know, Chandler coming in. Into, uh, into this building for the first time. Some of the some of the players that were here already are looking. What's Chandler Jones all about, man? You know, mm -hmm. I, obviously you can play, but what's he like in the you know you know? And uh, is he gonna is he gonna come in here and be big headed about it? Is he gonna come in here uh, and and uh, you know join the forces? Is he gonna be a positive influence? Well, from what we're hearing, anybody uh, anyway um, from from the newcomers looking at the the incumbents and saying wow that's impressive and vice versa uh that's impressive uh, you know what Chandler's doing what Devontae's doing it's just really a perfect storm right now uh now everyone just needs to stay healthy they need to pick up this offense and the defense uh they need to get their legs under them they got to develop some cohesiveness some chemistry and that's why I'm not going to freak out over the first 5 weeks of the season tough part of the schedule we'll see where where they are i think it's going to be okay it might not be great it might not be 4 and 1 or 5 and 0 oh, but uh, as long as they're continuing to get better and pointed toward playing their best football when the best football is required to be played, and that's in December and January,
January, uh, then I think the Raiders are, are headed to some nice places this year. The Raiders ownership wanted to make sure that they, uh, when they went into a coaching search, that they found the best and the brightest. And uh, they were very, very fortunate to not only get Josh McDaniels, but Dave Ziegler at the same time to help kind of build that culture and to go even further ahead. And Chandler Jones, when asked by Joy Taylor, talking about the new approach, what Josh McDaniels brings, it's exciting. Yeah, uh, what I admire about Coach McDaniels um, is his ability to demand the respect of people in the room. And uh, when you're a coach, especially a head coach at that, um, that's a very good characteristic to have. And uh, one thing people you know, do know, but it's not magnified enough, is that Josh has the experience. Um, you know, he's been to about nine Super Bowls and he's won six. And people don't realize that. And I'm not, I'm not here to toot up his horn, but I'm tooting his horn. Um, that credit is to a lot of the reason why I went to Las Vegas. Uh, also, beside to play with uh, Max Crosby and and having uh, being familiar with the front office. But uh, Josh McDaniels is a hell of a guy. Um, he demands that respect, and I think that's a very great characteristic to have as a head coach. Chandler Jones with Joy Taylor and the Herd on uh, Fox Sports. That's an important thing to say because you get a certain amount of respect. Everybody that have, uh, has come out to the media to talk about the Josh McDaniels approach, they really uh, instill a certain amount of like love for the guy, knowing that he d- demands a lot. But the first thing he did is that he wanted to make sure he got to know everybody as they are individually, what makes them tick, what makes them excited, what makes them uh, cry, anything that they know. Josh knows too. So Josh now can extrapolate and really kind of push everything out of them because he's made that personal connection with each individual. And when you get that kind of respect in just a short amount of time, good things can happen. And Chandler is already fired up about that. Well, and Chandler's played for uh, Josh McDaniels um, or, you know, it was was on the teams where, where Josh McDaniels coached, as mm-hmm. was uh, Patrick Graham. Um, and, you know, I think that when he says he demands it, it's not even about – you're going to respect me or else. It's not It's not that kind of a demand. It's a demand of, the guy just, Chandler just said it. He's been in nine Super Bowls. Uh, he's, his uh, teams have won six of them. And make no mistake, Josh McDaniels was running those offenses, all right? And uh, as much as we want to talk about Bill Belichick, obviously he had a hand in everything. Obviously he had to sign off on everything and all that. But Bill Belichick, when it gets right down to it, is a defensive coach. Um, I, and, and so when you look at the defensive side of the ball, yes, his imprint is even bigger, uh, no doubt about it, because that's his baby right there. But offensively, while he does sign off on things and, and uh, you know, has a great overview of, of whatever, uh, whatever it is that they're trying to do, Josh McDaniels orchestrated that. He, he uh, organized it. He coordinated it. He called the plays. He had the respect of you know guys like Tom Brady and Gronkowski and everyone else that has come through that building. So it's not a it's not a respect that he demands from you like you have to respect me. It's you'd be an idiot not to respect that. Like you're looking at this guy going, this is a living embodiment of where I want to go, and he's been there multiple times, nine times, Clay. To the Super Bowl. That's like absurd amount of times to go to the Super Bowl. If you can't respect that, then you're in the wrong business. I mean, one Super Bowl, just getting there, whether the outcome was in your favor or not, is usually your whole career, and everyone will never forget about it. And when you've been uh, nine times and you've got a 6-3 and three record, that's, that, that shares a lot of honor right there that uh, very few people have ever been close to attain. And uh, even further than that, we'll take a break on this because what I liked about Chandler was that he was asked about the AFC West division and which quarterback does he feel is its biggest obstacle between Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Justin Herbert. 
We'll talk about that and what he says. Coming up next, it's the morning tailgate with Vinny and Clay on your Monday. 21 looking coverage. Herbert has time. Fires deep end zone. Caught. Caught in the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers. And that was a great catch by Joshua Palmer, their rookie. I mean, Herbert hummed it. He's someone that I've really noticed, you know, not too many quarterbacks can go from his first, second, all the way to their third read in the offense. So he's really good at that. Got a ton of weapons. And so we know he, he presents a lot of challenges, but um, we have a tremendous D-line. And um, that, you know, we expect to get after him. And so we can't let him just sit back there. But we know that uh, he has plenty of weapons and he's looking really good back there. And I'm glad he's having, you know, he's having a lot of success in his first two years. Uh, Raider Nation Radio, it's the morning tailgate. That was from Compass Media, Raiders Radio Network, and that final uh, touchdown that tied the game at the end of the regular season. And K.J. Wright, former Raiders linebacker, talking about you know the progress that Justin Herbert has made in just a short amount of time, and he's going to be a problem. <laughs> this is somebody that's just not going to go away anytime soon, but you could just see in the first two years of what he's able to do uh, that... You know, for the Raiders defense to get better, they have to go and make sure that they can go and be major uh, opponents and obstacles to all the weapons that are in the AFC West. And Justin Herbert's one of them. And nobody has been able to totally feel like, how do you stop Justin Herbert already? Nobody's been able to fully figure out how do you do it, but perhaps finding other ways of, you know, manipulating the defenses, what Patrick Graham's going to try to do, disguising coverages, and also bringing that strong, strong edge presence from Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. Uh, that's a good recipe for it. The Raiders are 2-2 two and two against Justin Herbert um, in his two years. Uh, it just shows you that, uh, look, you're not... I, Stopping Justin Herbert is you might not that that, that sentence doesn't even belong in uh, the, the the English language. You're not going to stop Justin Herbert. However, you can slow him down. Um, you can you can make uh, periodic stops during the course of the game. You could force a turnover. Obviously, your offense has to play really really well. Uh, but it's a team game, and the Raiders have shown they can deal with a Justin Herbert quarterback team. And win important football games. They showed that uh, on uh, the last regular season game in the year last year to go to the playoffs. So, um, you know, when you talk about the quarterbacks in this division, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be a team effort. Your offense has to be obviously hitting on all cylinders, but your defense also has to be able to slow those guys down just enough. And it, sometimes it's just a matter of a couple of key stops here and there during the course of the game in order to win that game. So, you know, don't get uh, – I wouldn't get, you know, uh, all anxious or, or mad or whatever if, if those games are going to end up being, you know, 35-28 games, 35-31 games. That's just – kind of how it's going to be, and you just have to make the key stop when it counts, but you're not going to completely stop any of those guys. Chandler Jones brought in from the Raiders as a free agent acquisition to help stop Justin Herbert, to help stop what the Chargers are doing on offense, and he was asked by Joy Taylor of the Herd over on Friday's show on Fox Sports 1 to talk about you know the upcoming matchups in your own division, Russell Wilson with Denver, and of course Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs, Herbert with the Chargers. Who's your biggest obstacle? Well, I'll tell you what, I hadn't played against him until the Pro Bowl. And it's funny you ask when I watched him because I actually got to play against him in the Pro Bowl and a lot of times where I was on the field, he was on the field. Um, but one thing I did realize about Justin is his ability to place the ball. 
Um, and a lot of quarterbacks don't have that. And when I say that, it's not just uh, throwing a good ball, but being able to know how to throw it uh, at the guy's feet. You know, a lot of times quarterbacks, uh, when it's close to the end zone, you're supposed to throw it low. Or when it's back to the back of the the back of the pylon, you're supposed to throw it high. And uh, he had made a throw in the Pro Bowl specifically that I remember, um, specifically that I remember that it was literally right by my feet and I couldn't grab it. And he he threw it there on purpose, knowing that hey, this is away from the defender and this is a, and it was a touchdown. Um, and for a guy to be that young and having that precise p- uh, passing like that, uh, it's dangerous. So I'm I'm a fan. Hopefully, I can get after him too at the same time. <laughs> He's a fan. Well, week one's uh, that's your obstacle right there. And uh, that's the moment of truth where can they show against the Chargers like how strong this defense has come. I mean, the upgrades that have been made in free agency, you want to make sure that they're strong enough now to deal with what the Chargers are going to do on offense because they saw something last year at the end of that second half where they were able to really just run roughshod. And you can't you, one thing is for sure, you can't allow him to just go and have plenty of time to throw because he'll pick you off and you've got to start playing past, you know, very, very strong man coverage and press coverage. Yeah, you got to get after him, period. You got to make life difficult for him. You got to knock him off his spots. He can throw on the run. We know that. Um, but you, you, you just have to, uh, more often than not, be able to make him understand you're not just going to sit back here uh, and, and pick us apart. Uh, we're not going to let that happen. Uh, and that's where it's inc- incumbent, obviously, on Chandler Jones and Max Crosby uh, and the rest of that defensive line uh, to get pressure and whatever um, you know blitz packages that, that uh, Patrick Graham might, might dial up for those to come home or at the very least uh, create some havoc um, you know, for the quarterback. So, but again, you know, going back to what I said earlier, you're not going to stop guys like that. Um, you just have to figure out ways, you know, to, to, to slow them down just enough, you know, uh, work hard on third downs. I think that killed the Raiders uh, in that, in that game last year yes. to end the regular season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They won the game. Uh, they made it a little bit harder than they should have because they couldn't close the deal on too many on, on enough third downs and fourth downs too. Fourth downs just killed them. They played great defense one through three, and then all of a sudden here comes Justin Herbert, you know, making a miraculous play on fourth down. I don't expect that that's always going to happen. I mean, that, that was just um, a one in a million almost uh, how many plays he made on those fourth downs and and, and some of those third and longs. Uh, but you just that's when you going back to Carmen Brasillo talking about you know playing your best football when your best football is needed. Those the money in the red zone, red zone defense on third downs on some of those fourth downs because we know that Brandon Staley is going to go for it, and especially in a desperate situation last year where it was four down territory wherever the heck they were after they fell behind uh, to to the Raiders. You just have to play your best football. Figure out a way to make a play on those third downs, fourth downs in the red zone, whether it's offense or defense, uh, and just give your offense enough opportunities to go do. Uh, what they could do, because make no mistake, Clay, as much as everyone is kind of, you know, thinking about, oh, Pat, playing Patrick Mahomes, oh, playing Justin Herbert, oh, playing Russell Wilson, don't think for a second that the Kansas City Chiefs, the Denver Broncos, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, and whoever else is on that Raider uh, uh, schedule isn't already uh, or also looking at the Raiders offense and going, how the heck are we going to stop that? That's going to be almost impossible to stop that on a consistent basis. It's not going to happen. So uh, it goes both ways. And maybe for the first time in a long time, it's going to go both ways every single time the Raiders take the field. 
every Sunday at whatever that three-hour window is on a Thursday night, a Monday night, a Sunday, a Sunday night, whatever that case is, uh, they're going to put maximum pressure uh, on opposing defenses, and um, it's going to force them to make some really hard decisions. And I don't know if there is a good decision to make when you're talking about who do we stop, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams. Hunter Renfro, uh, eventually that that dam is going to burst because you can't hold it back entirely, um, and and that's going to cause some sleepless nights for opposing defenses, opposing defensive coordinators. And you hope it doesn't take too long for that offense to uh, you know to get under Josh McDaniels, uh, you know, tutelage and what he wants. I don't think it will. I think I they're, either, yeah. I think they're already giving you signs and indications that they're falling in love with what they're trying to do right now, and they're really working hard on stuff that isn't happening right away. That they're working hard to make sure that gets smoothed out quickly but one thing's for certain is that Justin Herbert as Rich Ornberger joined us on Thursday and he explained that this is the first time that Herbert has had the same offensive coordinator and same head coach for three straight years yeah and uh well to pick up on on the point you were just uh, uh making about you know the Raiders and 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 uh and and Derek Carr and everybody getting on the same page with Josh McDaniels or two straight years excuse me I apologize yeah um even in spite of the fact that there's been tur- turnover already in, in young uh, Justin Herbert's career, does it look like he was had any problems picking up the offenses? <laughs> no, and I don't expect that to be the case with the Raiders either. There might be a little bit of a learning curve, but there's too many veterans on this team that understand how to uh, process information and how to get on the, r- the right page. Uh, together uh, when you're talking about Carr and 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 Renfro and, and Devontae Adams and Darren Wall, you're talking about high intelligence player, high intelligent players in addition to being great players. So whatever learning curve there might be, um, learning Josh McDaniels' offense, I think everyone's too smart in that room, including Josh McDaniels, for that to really impede them in any tangible way. Chandler Jones spoke very, very openly about how excited he was to play with Max Crosby when uh, Importions opened to the media during the press conferences at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, which is cool because uh, for a guy like Chandler Jones to be looking afar and saying, I want to play with that guy, that says a lot about Max Crosby. And he spoke about Max with Joy Taylor on The Herd last Friday. Obviously, when you're playing football, there's 11 guys on each side of the ball. And um, when you have a player that, that's a little uh, superhuman, like I'll call Max, or a player that's very talented, sometimes you have to put two people on him. And uh, when you do the math, you can't double-team everyone. Right. Uh, so knowing that, that knowing Max is one of those guys, play, one of those players that demands double-teams, he demands that respect, uh, I thought about that. I said, hey, you know what? I feel like I'm one of those players that demands double-teams. They have 11 guys. We have 11 guys. <laughs> they don't have enough to double-team, both right. of us. So... Um, the opportunity to rush on the opposite side of Max Crosby, uh, that did credit to a lot of the reason why I came here, but uh, it, it's going to be fun, and it's been fun. Uh, Max loves football, so just being in the locker room with him, his locker's right next to mine, talking to him. Uh, he's a guy that loves football, and, and it makes work easy. Chandler Jones with Joy Taylor in the herd. It's, it, it's, it's funny because you see even on the text line, 69187, uh, Chandler got all his uh, half of his sacks in the first game of the year and seemed to trail off with Arizona. Is he going to do that this time around? Well, here's the thing. On, on Arizona's defense, on their front, like Chandler Jones was the edge, okay? He was the one weapon you had to watch out for. And when they went to Nashville to face the Titans, yeah, he ran all over Tennessee because they had not prepared for that. 
everyone else started to double team and doing everything they could to stop Jalen Jones. He still was able to uh, force out uh, plenty of stats, though. But at the same time, that's what happens when you have just one guy on your defensive line. Everyone's able to key up on that. This time around, you're not going to be able to answer for both. No, not at all. And uh, I, I love hearing what um, what Chandler says about Max. You know, during the Super Bowl, I, I had a chance to uh, ask a couple questions of, of Cooper Cup. Um, you know, it was based on some of the compliments that he was getting from opposing wide receivers, you know, other teams' wide receivers. Like, man, that's a guy I learned from. Like, mm-hmm. great players, you okay. know, DeAndre Hopkins, guys like that. Like, man, I, I, re- I study film of Cooper Cup. And you're starting to hear more and more in Chandler Jones, even last year, Unique and Gakwe, um, you know, uh, 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 threw this out there uh, as well, that opposing defensive ends, opposing players are looking at the Raiders and seeing um, Max Crosby and, like, they respect it. And what Cooper said was, you know, when you respect the game, the game's going to end up respecting you. And Max Crosby respects the hell out of football. I mean, his work ethic, his care, his conscientiousness, um, his commitment, you see it on the field. You could hear it on the field uh, with Max Jones, uh, I mean, Max Crosby. And then obviously the performance backs all of that up. And the fact that other people recognize that, it's not a big surprise because greatness usually um, uh, matriculates and can recognize other greatness. And, um, and, and for Chandler Jones, at this stage of his career, you, you mentioned it earlier, you know, um, he's, he's, he wants to win a Super Bowl. At this stage of your career, obviously, you want to get as much money as you can, all of that. But also, you want to marry up money with also opportunity to win. You don't want to waste these last few years of your career, however long it's going to be for Chandler Jones. And the fact that he he saw what was going on in Las Vegas, he saw Max Crosby, obviously. He saw what they were going to be doing offensively. I think he had an inkling of what might happen uh, in that regard. Uh, the fact that he sees this and sees this as an opportunity and really a vehicle uh, to get him to where he wants to go, I think bodes well for the Raiders. It shows you how other people are looking at the Raiders, at the situation, at this organization, uh, and at the opportunity that they've that they've built for themselves with this roster, with this coaching staff. Um, so if I'm a Raider fan, I'm excited to hear when Chandler Jones and even Devontae Adams um, saying, this is where I want to go. I have goals in my life. I have goals in my career, and I really believe – Playing in Las Vegas with that organization, that quarterback, that talent, that coaching staff is going to get me where I want to go. Last year, Unique Ngakwe, 10 sacks, 23 quarterback hits, uh, you know, the usual amount of uh, tackles and assists that come with that. Chandler Jones, he can he can get that kind of production still. Yeah. And when you see what can be opened up for a guy like Max with eight sacks, 56 tackles, 30 quarterback hits, a Pro Bowl year. What do you think is uh, something that Max, that Chandler could bring out in Max's game? Because we saw how last year that that defensive uh, front uh, with Rod Marinelli, they had a really interesting uh, family going on there that they were very, very close. That room was uh, very, very tight. And sometimes uh, when Max would talk about you know previewing the next week's opponents, he would say, we're not doing too much worry about each individual guy on that team. What we're worried about and focusing on is our footwork. No matter what, we have to go and pursue the quarterback because, you know, in lieu of having, you know, kind of a low blitz rate, they still got tons and tons of pressure each and every time. How do you think that'll change this year with Chandler Jones with the blitz rate as well as continuing to keep up that front where they're going to get a push and they're going to be going through different multiple sets on that front line, not the usual four? 
Yeah. Um, one, I think there's going to be more of an emphasis on stopping the run, um, you know, whether that's with your interior defensive linemen or, or allowing them to free things up for your linebackers to go make plays. I think I think that's, uh, you know, number one. Uh, but but in a, how you how he can affect how Chandler Jones uh, can affect uh, Max Crosby and vice versa. Well, you know, at some point, obviously, to to help a, a, an offensive tackle block a premier pass rusher, what do you normally do? You you either bring a tight end over uh, to help out, or you chip mm-hmm. him with a running back. Um, but every time you talk about that, you're talking about one less player that can be utilized in the pass game. All yeah, right? and your heavy personnel, you're you're down to many, you know, very few options there. Right, and so uh, if you're gonna, you can't commit. Um, double teams from tight ends or or running back for both of those guys. One of those guys is gonna is gonna be freed up to work. Um, you know, one on one against their against their uh, you know tackle or whatever the case might be. Uh, and so that creates a favorable matchup for either of those guys on any given play. So, and in addition to that, one of them typically is gonna have to get double teamed because you can't just allow both of them. Uh, to work in one-on-one situations because your quarterback's going to get killed. But every time you do that, every time you uh, commit help uh, to helping somebody, uh, you know, either one of those tackles block a Max Crosby or a Chandler Jones, you're also reducing by one the amount of players that you have in your pass game. So that also helps your back end because now the math game flips to your benefit because you're not defending as many pass you know, uh, catchers sure. uh, on the back end. So it all kind of works together. The uh, the overall for that upfront, the guys that they've accumulated to work alongside, you know, the fronts with Max and Chandler Jones, the big guys, Hankins, of course, uh, Bilal Nichols, uh, Vernon Butler, Vickers, Billings, Lancaster, Pico, like you could see the body types are really, really of a certain guy. You have to be well over 300 pounds. You have to have, uh, you know, six and six, five. Uh, you're a, you're a rocks out there, massive boulders that are up there in that line, as opposed to like what you'd seen in previous years where you'd have very good players, but they're around the 260, 270 level. This is a different kind of game. How do you feel like the, the rocks in place, the megaliths that they're going to stop the run with those guys? Because they're big enough to also provide double teams and he asked for double teams depending on whatever whatever scheme that you're going to run because you can't let you know big Bilal Nichols or Vernon Butler you know just go single one on one you could have some problems there so there's matchup problems in just the big bodies that they acquired alone yeah um and and that's that's a that's a great point because if you're committing double teams to the edge rushers that frees up some of your interior rushers uh, to have one-on-one and favorable matchups. Uh, so guys like, you know, if Clee Farrell is on the team and in the rotation, uh, and Matthew Butler and Neil Farrell and and Vickers and Her- and, and Hankins and Vernon Butler, um, you're going to start, and uh, Bilal Nichols, obviously, uh, you, if and especially if those guys start making some plays, it really does and will change the dynamic of, uh, of, of how opposing offensive lines go about blocking that up um, because if, if if a guy like Nichols can show that he can win consistently win you know one-on-one matchups and get to the quarterback it's going to change how um, a, a offensive coordinators decide to commit to that defensive line and again it's a math game so if your four can beat their five on a consistent basis that's real trouble for um, you know for for opposing offenses and when you have that kind of pressure coming from the outside 
and I'll go back to what I saw during minicamp. I know we were kind of far away, but I was really watching Chandler and I was really watching Max Crosby. Uh, Max, Cro- both of them were flying off the off the off the ball. Uh, Max Crosby, in particular, uh, off the off the uh, right, you know, playing over the the right tackle. Um, it was like he was getting shot out of a cannon. And if he can nice. continue to bring that um, that type of intensity, that type of uh, action off of the edge, along with Chandler Jones. It's going to be a nightmare for opposing quarterbacks. It really is, and um, and they're going to those whoever they're playing on any given week. That offensive line is going to have um, their hands full. All right, we're off and running here in the first hour of the morning tailgate. Vinny and Clay here with you on this Monday. We'll step aside and take a break. We'll get your thoughts at 702-365-9200, the Realty One Group listener line. And we'll also take a look at the 53-man roster as Vinny had, had wrote up on VegasNation.com. All that more. Here on Mary Nation Radio. Now back to Clay Baker with your morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Derek is first and foremost, I want I want to point out that he's a he's a man of faith. Um and me, I'm I'm also a man of faith. So uh that's one thing that stood out to me when I came here. And I and I know Derek, I know him for a while now, but uh my father's a pastor. And uh, and when I when he found out that Derek was a man of faith, he kind of was like, man, you know, that that's that's where your leader should be. Um, but Derek is a great leader. Uh, from being around him, he's a hard worker. Uh, that's one thing that I have uh, noticed from being around him is just how hard he works. And not just on the field, you know, um, in the weight room. You know, he's the first guy in the weight room. There's a few photos that the Raiders have put out that he was, he was entering the building when the when it was dark outside still. And people are just like, did he spend the night? But no, he was <laughs> he was the first guy in the building. So um, just having that guy, having him around the building, um, just having young guys see that. You know, that that goes a long way because uh, obviously that'll be contagious. On Radio Nation Radio, it was Chandler Jones with Joy Taylor on the herd. Coming back here, Vinny Bonsignor, Clay Baker, Willie Ramirez from the AP is going to join us at 8 o'clock. But that's very telling right there from uh, from Chandler. Like, you know, Derek is that kind of leader, and he leads by example. But at the same time, you know, Derek needs a lot more. And Derek is looking for, you know, more of a push this year, and he's pushing himself. And he wants to make sure that they're around the right kind of guys, not just bringing in free agents, but the right kind of free agents. And, well, we got a call from uh, from Mitch in New Jersey, and he was talking about uh, Ndama Kinsu, if they're thinking, still thinking about Ndama, or are they looking at other targets in free agency? And I'm like, well, you know, to me, if they really wanted something, they would go get it. Uh, right now, they're not going to put themselves out of a spot where they don't have any leverage. And maybe what you want to do is you want to wait until training camp hits and injuries start to occur before you start spending the money. Yeah, um, I, I think that uh, I do. I think that the Raiders are done. Um, you know, adding to their roster. I don't necessarily think that. Um, I think if the right opportunity presented itself, uh, they'd be more than open uh, to to tinkering or bolstering uh, at a certain position group. Uh, do I think Sue is part of that? Um, I've been told that there's no interest, um, uh, at least right now. So, um, you know, so I, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be him. Uh, but, you know, whether you're talking about the offensive line um, or you're talking about, you know, maybe linebacker, cornerback, whatever the position might be, if there is a opportunity um, to get to, to improve this roster, uh, and I think that I think they will. I think guys also are probably coming back from vacation, um, or you know, are on vacation. Will come back soon. Whether when you're talking about the front office and executives and all that type of thing, um, you know, well ahead of training camp. And I think that 
they'll they'll do another deep dive on their roster and take a look at what uh, what they have, what might be available on the free agent market, what might be available uh, on the trade market, um, and 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 make some some moves if they if they deem those moves necessary. One thing's for certain is that there's a, a couple position groups that probably won't need any you know depth pieces at all for the moment. And what you outlined, and Vinny's uh, story is up there at VegasNation.com on uh, his thoughts on the 53-man roster, uh, the projections based on that. And one thing's for certain is that for wide receiver, they wanted to make sure that this group, McDaniels and Ziegler, they wanted to make sure that they had the right guys to work with Derek Carr. I, I know they took a lot of look at game footage from last year, practice footage, and going in with the certain guys that were here previously, but they were not happy with retaining Zay Jones. Uh, for whatever price, you know, say Jones hit the open market, got good money, but they certainly were not happy with the production that they were probably seeing in Brian Edwards either. So they went and made additions. And you saw that getting Demarcus Robinson and Keelan Cole and Mac Hollins. How do you feel like those weapons now kind of complement Derek in ways that, you know, weren't there before because these are different receivers that do different things. Yeah, uh, and when um, we're looking at that 53-man roster, at least my 53-man roster, I've got them keeping five wide receivers. Um, you know, uh, Tyron Johnson, I think, is is, uh, is 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 pretty intriguing because he has that speed factor, um, uh, but I just can't see where the room is for him on the roster right now. You know, keeping six wide receivers, that's a lot of wide receivers, but to be honest with you. Uh, could they? Yeah, but it's going to come at the expense uh, of another position. But when you when you look at that wide receiver, and I get this question a lot, uh, Clay, who's going to be that third wide receiver? Obviously, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro are, are the top two wide receivers. And I know that you know um, uh, uh, the the tight end is is listed as a tight end, um, but let's face it, he's he's one of the great weapons. He plays wide receiver. Uh, he plays all over the place. So uh, so he, he's kind of like your third wide receiver. But when you look at a third wide receiver, uh, when I look at this roster, whether it's Demarcus Robinson, Keelan Cole, um, or, or or Matt Collins, um, I think that they can figure out a way to uh, sort of by committee, um, take care of that third wide receiver position. I think situationally, maybe a Demarcus Robinson works in that particular situation, or maybe another situation calls for Keelan Cole to be that third wide receiver, or Mac Hollins, especially uh, in that in that red zone. Um, so I don't think it's necessary that they have one identified, clear-cut third wide receiver. To me, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Devontae Adams are your three wide receivers. Uh, but when you're talking about Technically, that third wide receiver. I don't think I don't think it's that important that you identify one because I think all three are going to get their chances situationally. Yeah, we've seen over the years with the McDaniel's offense, there was never uh, they they never want to make anybody too clear cut. They want sneakiness. They they want guys that are going to go wide open that you were not expecting. Well, they, what, what they want is what they want is they want to attack whatever the weakness is. Right. You know, they're not trying to necessarily be tricky. They are obviously you want to disguise stuff, but it's like. How do we beat this coverage? How do we beat that team? How do we beat this look? Um, you know, do we have the necessary skill sets and talents and body types as you were talking about on the defensive line? It's just having every tool in the toolbox covered in order to, um, you know, uh, better handle whatever the coverage, whatever the defense looks like. All right, we're off and running here. First hour is done. Second hour on the way. We'll start it off with Willie Ramirez from the Associated Willie. Press. Willie going to give us his thoughts on what he saw in minicamp and what's ahead for training camp. And more on that on the other side. Willie, Hernan Willie Ramirez here on Raider Nation Radio. Hey, guys. It's your boy, Vinny B. from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. 
Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news. All TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.